Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. This times we are going to be covering group programs. And this is going to be the first in a series of dealing with financial coaching in groups. And our first major question is, what? Should I do a group program? We get this question a fair amount in the group of either I'm just starting out. Do you think group coaching is good? Or I've been doing one-on-one. Do you think group coaching is a good idea? So, yeah. So, Professor Trosh. Is group coaching a good idea? Well, as always, it depends. <laughs> I knew it was going to be that answer. <laughs> so, it, it, yeah, you should have just said, what does it depend on? Yeah, <laughs> fair, <laughs> very fair. But so as we, what, what does it depend on? <laughs> so there's going to be a couple of factors. The, the ever-present factor is going to be who is your niche, Right. Group coaching can be very, very effective, or it could be really damaging. So if you are, um, if your niche is people who have, you know, I'll give a really extreme example of a niche, uh, people who have gone through identity theft and have had significant problems with identity theft and have huge trust issues related to financial services then that sounds like the perfect group to put and ask them to open up about all of this in a group. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we just want to force them into their comfort zone and and increase their trauma related to it. Right. Because we are therapists and that's maybe not what we should be doing. Not sure professional therapists would recommend you force them into their trauma though. Um, Yeah. So, you know, that's a, that's an obvious niche where you wouldn't want to do a group coaching session. Right. Um, on the other hand, there might be people who you work with, uh, people who have gone through, um, well, people who are looking to buy their first house, right? And that's a group, that's a niche where that could potentially be a really good group coaching program opportunity. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that people buying their first house, you should do group coaching with. But you always want to think about what is the nature of the people that you're serving? What experiences have they had? Would group being involved in a group talking about a very sensitive subject, money is still one of the few taboo subjects out there, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that going to be supportive of them being honest? Is that going to be supportive of them really challenging themselves? or? Are we setting them up kind of for failure? And so that's the first really big category that we want to think about, right? What is right for the niche? Who am I serving? And what are their experiences? And what are their tendencies toward group? 
Uh, the second big thing that we want to think about is what do we want to accomplish? Right. And so that's our, that's the other side of it is what is our service? What are we doing? If we are not, if we are trying to accomplish going really, really deep on their personal money behaviors, right. And really challenging their their spending habits in a manner that really goes into sensitive topics, we may not want to do a group coaching program. On the other hand, if we are talking about doing a budget workshop where one of our sessions is going to be, hey, we're going to get together, we're going to talk about budgets, and I'm going to be there to answer questions, I'm going to guide you through some things, that could be a really helpful thing in a group session, not only because you can accomplish the same, we'll call it education on putting the budget together with a bunch of people all at the same time, but because people are going to have questions that are highly likely to be relevant to other people in the group, right? Mm -hmm. When we're talking about, well, how much money should I spend on dining out versus groceries? And you're going to talk through, well, here are the things to think about as you kind of determine that for yourself. Those factors are going to be the same for everyone everyone's going to have to make that decision. Now, some people dining out is more important than others. So how they view that decision is going to be different. But a lot of the process is going to be the same. And the dollar amounts will be different because right. if you're making $500,000 a year, chances are you'll spend more than if you're earning 50000 a year. Yeah. But like you were saying, those general thought processes. Also, you're probably not going to get people making $500,000 a year and people making $50,000 a year in the same sort of group coaching program around making a budget. But you never know. You never know. The general thought process. Yeah. And does. even those differences can actually be advantageous, mm -hmm. right? For sure. um, there are people who may never have thought to ask the question about dining out, mm -hmm. right? And you don't see in the last three months any dining out expenses. So you might think, oh, there's no dining out conversation that we need to have, right? But that's because they do 100% of their dining out between October 31st and January 1st during the holidays when they're doing holiday parties and everything else, and they spend $8,000 during <laughs> that period, <laughs> right? Yeah. So there's also opportunities that you may not, you may not uncover as quickly. Right. You'll, you might uncover them over time, but you may not uncover as quickly because someone asks a question and someone else um, picks up on that and thinks, oh, well, I'm not dining out now, but I might do that in the future. And I know that's kind of an extreme example, but, it, you know, it's, hey, it's just... I, I grew up in a family of musicians and we were also pretty involved in our church. So like starting early November, going through Christmas. We had all the school holiday concerts. We had all the church concerts. Yeah. We had all the rehearsals. It got real busy. We did not spend $8,000 on eating out, but I can see, I can, I can easily see a scenario where that would have made life simpler in yeah. many ways. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that's a, that's an advantage to a group program. Now that doesn't mean that everyone should be doing group programs, right? It, it might mean that if that's something that you see crop up, if you don't want to do group group programs or they're not right for your niche, then we start looking at, all right, so this is cropping up. Maybe this is something that I start asking during 
the initial things. Yeah, I noticed you, know, I'm not seeing very much dining out. Is that true for the entire year or not? And you also have to get comfortable with, you're going to learn more about your clients over time, right? And so your yep. fourth meeting, you're going to have insights that you would not have been able to have during your first meeting. Right. right. Um, so that's the first, that's, those are the two criteria for really determining, should I do them, right? That, that sort of first level question. Mm-hmm. So what other questions, what other things? At what point should you look at doing group coaching? That's also something that's popped up. Do you, you know, start right off the bat saying, all right, I'm going to do group coaching now. Should you establish a one-on-one program with your niche first? And then, you know, pivot into group coaching, maybe as you start going, oh, I'm hitting my capacity for one-on-one, so let me add group coaching. How do you make that decision about when is the right time? Yeah, that one, so there's, and you kind of touched a little bit on it, but there are a bunch of subtle uh, presumptions in that question that, Mm -hmm depending on which subtle presumption we're starting with, it actually turns it into a different question, even though it's the same question, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, one of the subtle presumptions that you identified was, oh, you know, I've hit my capacity, right? So it's a business logistics or a growth limitation mm-hmm. factor that's, that we're deciding it on. That's right? popped up a couple times of people saying, I started group coaching because, I ran out of time to do one-on-one. Right. Yeah. Um, Other people might be looking at asking that question from the perspective of, um, you know, from the perspective of just gaining skills, Mm -hmm. right? Should I do group coaching first or should I do individual coaching first? Which one, I don't want to say takes less skill, but which Mm -hmm. one is a set of skills that's easier to get comfortable with and master, right? Mm -hmm. One other perspective that's popped up is you can often offer group coaching at a lower price point. Should I Mm -hmm. offer group coaching to make it more accessible to my niche, to my target audience, or to more people? Yeah. And a lot of people will do group coaching. Uh, Chi, one of the members of of Launch, he does group coaching as a a prospecting tool, right, Mm -hmm. Of, of getting people in. So he charges for his group coaching, but it also converts over to one-on-one coaching. And so depending on how you're viewing group coaching will really depend on how you even go about looking at and researching the question of when should I start it, right? If we're looking at it from the standpoint of it's going to be a prospecting tool, then once you have your coaching program level one established, right? (laughs) So not, not you, you got it perfected because you're never going to get perfected. As but, much as I try. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you've got a good understanding of this is what my sequence is going to look like. This is what I'm going to do in these meetings. This is the begin point and the end point, right? Whatever time period elapses between begin and end, right? Whether that's, you know, a week or a year, right? Whatever that time period is. Once you kind of have that basic outline and you've got a, a, a basic structure and format for your coaching, if you're going to look at it as a prospecting tool, then you should do it almost immediately. Because otherwise, 
the work that you're going to do trying to get people into your one-on-one coaching before you start your group coaching is ultimately not long-term the strategy and the direction you want to take. So while it can help bring in a couple of clients, it's you're going to throw it all out the window when you switch over to your main strategy of doing groups as prospecting, right? So you, you build your funnel and then all of a sudden you have to rip out the middle section to right. shove the group coaching program in there. And then you have to tweak everything else because. Yeah. So that's yeah. just a big waste of time. Yeah. Right? So the answer to that is really soon. Right. <laughs> and I would say even before you get your coaching down, right. Because mm-hmm. you're never going to get your coaching down. That is always <laughs> going to be a, a constant progression. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's a reason why in phase one of launch uh, of FCN's launch, you spend a couple of weeks on your coaching program and just get some basics down with the intention that in phase two, you're going to spend months on it, building the plane as you fly it. Mm -hmm. In other words, you're going to go into deep dives on different aspects of your coaching while you're working on with clients. And this is really important, especially for people who haven't launched their business yet. Don't feel like you have to, don't place the pressure on yourself that you have to have everything completed before you start working with clients. You have to have the overall framework. You have to have an understanding of what your outcomes are going to be, right? There's going to, there's certain things that you need to have, right? But the details of it, you can work on as you're building it out with clients because it's going to change anyway over yeah. time. Right. Yeah. I've heard some people say you need to be two steps ahead of the client. And like in many ways, that's true. Like you need to know what you're going to talk about before you jump on the call with them. Mm -hmm. But you don't necessarily need to know what you're going to talk about on the next call. You should probably know where you're going. Yeah, you you need to know know the outcomes you want to need to call. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But But the exact details can be sort of developed mm -hmm. as you're as you're working with clients. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need a the broad points of the outline, but you don't need it totally fleshed out. All the details, yeah, yeah. So that's the prospecting side. If it is a scaling question, right? uh, When should I start it? From the perspective of I'm going to run out of time, and so I need Mm -hmm. to start doing group coaching in order to be able to bring more people in. Then the question becomes. uh, Then the the answer of timing comes down to. At what point are you going to get close to that capacity? Right. And you want to start projecting that out and identify on my current trajectory, I am going to hit that capacity 12 months from now. And when you get to that point of saying, I'm going to hit my capacity a year in the future, that's when you start the process of group coaching, because it's going to take you a few months to get it all put together. It's going to take you a few months to actually get people organized logistically into the groups. And then you're going to have a lot of extra work figuring out the group coaching as you're working on it. And you can't do all of that work once you've run out of capacity. Right. What if about a year in advance of that capacity? What if somebody who's listening to this is already there? (laughs) 
They're 12 um, months past a 12 months out. Yeah. So this is a constant problem. It's one of my big things that I work on with clients. Uh, mm -hmm. I do business consulting with business owners. And that is we tend to we tend to spend money on expanding capacity too late. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we tend to put ourselves in a position where we don't hire an assistant until we realize we need an assistant because we've run out of time. But now we don't have time to hire the assistant and train them. Right. And so a big part of this is really getting good at anticipating that. Um, if you're already behind the eight ball on that, then what you need to do is figure out what are the quick wins that you can have that can buy yourself some more time. Right? Mm -hmm. Whether that quick wins, I mean, I, I this is hard to do. Right. I found myself in this position where I had like a this, this is sounding that, familiar where yeah. you're like, I desperately need somebody. Yeah. So um, what I did was I shut down all of my marketing. Hmm. I, I spent a year where I did no additional marketing. Um, I just took on people who were referrals or found me through stuff that was already out there. And uh, I spent that year really working on operations and efficiency. Um, the, so that's one option, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I am very quickly approaching that point again, where my yep. capacity is drying up. And so I, um, have hired a new paraplanner and I'm in the process of hiring a new assistant because, um, I don't want to place myself in that position. So if you're already at that point, you need to look for a way to make it an easy win, right? If you can find a service that you can pay for that would take some of the, some time off your plate, take some of the work off your plate, then go that direction, right? Mm -hmm. One of the big things that, and then once you do that, then you have now have time to start thinking about, okay, now what can I do with group coaching? Right. What you don't want to do is add on more time to yourself in the hopes that that will solve your problem in the future. Right. Right. We need to create the time first, then create the group pro coaching program to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And that, that runs into the common problem with financial coaches and that we don't like spending money on things. Yes. We like to pinch our pennies. Yeah. And that is the best way to keep your coaching business small. Mm -hmm. right. we've had that conversation <laughs> yes yes and i've said how, do, I've, how do i know what the roi is i need to know the roi before Sometimes so let me ask can't. you what is the roi <laughs> of putting money into your 401k at work i don't have a 401k at work so there but okay. um snarky <laughs> answer aside my husband does uh mm -hmm. depends on the year exactly so mm -hmm. the reality is you're not going to know the true roi until you've done it yeah. What you can do is you can look at history, right? You can look at other industries, mm -hmm. right? You can identify, well, these financial advisors that are out there, 100% of them that are successful use financial planning software. <laughs> CPAs, 100% of the successful ones use tax software. Lawyers, 100% of the successful one use, let's say, estate lawyers, right? Use will drafting software, right? 
it does so, <laughs> yeah, if that's the case, then financial coaching software is probably a good thing to look at from the perspective of it has historically done well for professional services industries in helping them with efficiencies. So even though I don't know exactly what my return on the investment will be, right, that gives me more confidence that my experience is going to be somewhat consistent. Not to right. go off on a tangent about FCN Money Coach, where we will have an open data sometime soon, but yeah. we'll circle back to group programs. But yeah. sometimes spending money and to tie this back into group coaching, it might be a good idea to spend money on having somebody help you set that up in whichever mm -hmm. platform you choose. That yeah. can be a great way to save you hours and hours and hours of time Yep. in that efficiency aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Get it, get it done right. Yeah. Um, what was the other reason that we had brought up? So prospecting, running out of time. Um, um, provided at a lower price point. Provided, so thank you. reach more people. Yeah. So as we look at providing it at a lower price point, similarly with, with that, what we want to think about is with regard to when are we going to do it? We want to look at it from the perspective of how many sales calls am I having? Mm -hmm where everything is looking good, but I know that the reason why they said no is because I don't have, uh, the pricing is too high, right? I can't figure out the pricing. We want to be very, very careful. We oftentimes, our brains are pattern recognition machines. <laughs> we want to assign an easy explanation to any pattern that we see. Mm -hmm. And we want so, to see patterns. And we want to see patterns. So if we see, oh, I'm getting a lot of likes, I'm posting a lot on social media, um, and I'm getting a bunch of traffic to my website, but no one is signing up for a sales call. Oh, well, it must be because I don't have a group coaching program that has a lower price point. And if I just fix that, all everything will be solved, right? Mm -hmm. The challenge with that is, no, you don't know that that's the reason, right? There are a thousand different reasons why that set of facts could be true, mm -hmm. right? And so we really want to be careful of making sure that we are not prescribing medicine without fully diagnosing the problem. Right. And in this case, a lot of people will look at, and it's not just group coaching, it's all sorts of different things. They will look at these things that they hope to be silver bullets, right? If I do this, it'll solve things. And they, and people spend an enormous amount of time and an enormous amount of money on creating these things that may not actually be solving the problem at hand, right? If you are getting a bunch of people to your website, and they're signing up for sales calls. And during the sales calls, things are going great. And they ask about the price. And the person explicitly says over and over and over again, oh, I, you know, uh, if once I get a raise at work, I'll, I'll be able to afford you and I'll get back in touch with you. Right. Now we know it is the price point and a group coaching program would solve that problem. Right. But if any of those things that I said before are not true, you're not getting the traffic to your website, people are not signing up for the sales call, whatever it happens to be, then you're just hoping 
that it's the price point that's causing those other factors not to be the case, right? When in reality, you have no idea if that has yeah. anything to do with it. Yeah, could be anything, right? And so we really want to be careful about trying to solve a problem when we don't know what the true problem is. Right. And group coaching, this is not a problem just group coaching. This is a problem with all sorts of different things in, in mm-hmm. business, right? We have this tendency to be in a position where we are um, putting out into the world our business. Mm-hmm. We're not getting the results that we have from our expectations. Our expectations could be unrealistic as well. Right. Right. And as a result of that, we then look to something as the solution to it without really having any evidence that it would be the solution. Yeah. Um, and it's just a dangerous thing that you want to want to watch out for as a business owner. Because it's you know. so tempting to look for, like you said, that silver bullet. Mm-hmm. My price is too high, so I need to make a group coaching program. The pictures on my website aren't blah, blah, blah. So I need to do new pictures, the copy on my website. So I need to rewrite it. I'm not posting enough on social media. I'm posting too much on social media. I'm not posting in the right kind of social media. Yeah. I'm not posting the right kind of thing on the right social media. Like, yeah. You can just spiral into thinking this isn't working. So I need to change this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, this is not something that you want to say, well, I'll just sort of throw things at the wall and see what sticks <laughs> because that's a lot of time. You know, huge. Yeah. As somebody who has spent a lot of time changing pictures on the website, not too much. Actually, I did better at that than I expected. <laughs> but a lot of time changing pictures on your website is what, like two hours? That's a lot of time to spend choosing pictures. Mm-hmm. Two hours is not going to get you hardly anywhere if you're creating a whole group coaching program. It's going to be a lot bigger time investment than two hours. And even that two hours was a huge waste of time because for the pictures, (laughs) there's a lot more that you could have done with that two hours that would have been more successful on your business than choosing a different picture. Exactly. It wasn't just one picture. It was all, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. I do think um, circling way back to the beginning with Mm -hmm. niche, if your chosen niche is a low income demographic, you know, whatever that may be, that might make sense to start off with, yeah, I'm targeting people who are making, you know, less than $25,000 a year. Mm -hmm. Asking somebody making less than $25,000 a year to pay $1,000 for a coaching program. That's a hard ask. That's a really hard ask. Asking somebody making $20,000, however much, $25,000 a year to spend $200 on a, you know, three-month group coaching program, Mm -hmm. a much easier ask. Yeah. It's an easier ask, but now you've got a separate problem, Mm -hmm. right? So, and that is you've got, and this is something that goes back into, should I do it, right? Mm -hmm. You've now identified that the value to you as the coach is I need to make a thousand dollars off of this three month program. Okay. So I could do that a thousand dollars with one person, mm-hmm. or I can do that $1,000 spreading it across a group. If it's a $200 program for the group, that means that we need five people. Yay, math. Yeah, 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 yay, math, yeah. 
we need five people in order for this to make financial sense, for this to make profitable sense for your business, right? Mm -hmm. With those assumptions. Right. How easy or hard is it going to be to get five people every time you want to start up a group? Right. Right. Now, that doesn't mean you need exactly five people. Maybe sometimes the groups will be six or seven, and sometimes people groups will be four, right? But we really want to think about what is what is the difficulty of filling that group coaching program, mm-hmm. right? And if that if that becomes a big undertaking on its own, is figuring that out. And that seems like a great place to stop because that's actually something that we'll be getting into next week. Is yes. how do I fill a group program? So, excellent job on the transitions, us. Yes, completely, <laughs> completely planned. Sure. Yep. So I will, uh, I'll see you in a week. Sounds good. And if anybody has any follow-up questions, drop them in the comments, tag one of us so that we actually see them. Um, Otherwise we may or may not. And tune in next week for group programs. How do I fill them? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. So you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.